Hello, y'all. Hey, y'all. We are back. We're back. Still black. In case you were wondering, as usual. Absolutely. And if you're new to Tinseltown Tea, welcome. It is hosted by me, Judith, and Corey. And yeah, we break down the information and resources for writers and we celebrate black and black and brown writers in the industry that's what our mission is and uh, we always start off with a would you rather we sure do Mm -hmm. and today i am um gonna do one that is absolutely mortifying (laughs) would you rather have to post everything in your search history right now Mm. or Post the names of everyone you've ever had a crush on. Both of these make me want to jump off a bridge. (laughs) Um, And I have a funny story that I told Judith about my search history. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so anytime, you know, I be wanting to know what these niggas got going on. So, you know, when I meet a nigga or I'm talking to a nigga that, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm kind of like, I search up his, you know, his sign. As one does. And he's a Scorpio. Oh, God. I know. (laughs) So I was like searching all this stuff like Scorpio man, Scorpio this, blah, 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 blah. And my Google uh, thing and Google, mm-hmm. you know, you have Google, you can go from computer to computer. If you're signed into your account, it takes all the information to yep. the computer. We love technology. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was at work and the IT guy was remoting into my computer to do something and he went to Google. <laughs> and he searched in the Google thing, he searched S. And all the Scorpio man stuff came up. I said, oh, bitch. <laughs> I said, bitch, I'm about to die. I'm like, okay, maybe he ain't see it. I'm good. I'm Gucci. So you're like a Scorpio man, huh? <laughs> Mind your business, hoe. Mind your motherfucking business. If you don't fix my computer, right. stop playing these games. Fix the damn computer. Mind do your, your damn business. job. <laughs> I don't pay you to do that. I don't even pay you, but do your job. I don't even pay you, but go ahead and mind your business. <laughs> but mind the business that pays you. How about right. that? How about that? <laughs> so anyways, yeah. And then that's only the tip of the stuff that I searched. Um, that is so funny. And then also, I just have the weirdest crushes on people that yeah. just, yeah. So, <laughs> both of these would expose the fuck out of me. Yeah. So, <laughs> that is very true. I have to think for two seconds about which one is worse. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I mm-hmm. do too. I think I would just post the names of everyone I've ever had a crush on. I'm mm-hmm. sure I'd miss some people because like, if you go down like, third fourth grade like when you get here i'm like i don't know like <laughs> i don't even know that nigga name jonathan taylor thomas probably pretty sure yeah, i had a crush then, on him yeah back then we knew first and last name yeah <laughs> your whole through first right middle and last name we yeah. were like very thorough um yeah but i also feel like uh I guess that would be like more relatable because everyone's had a crush, like yeah. you know, from celebrity to someone like personal in your life. So it's like yeah. if I release that, then that's fine. You know, it might. I mean, of course, there's judgment. Like, shoot, I have a crush on Steven Skeet from NPR. I don't know what that nigga look like. It's just his voice, <laughs> and I trust the up. information that comes out of his mouth. So it's fine. <laughs> Steve Kornacki, Ken me, Ken Miyamoto. We gon' you know. Oh, I have a his- picture of Stenin. Steve is, is a skeet pulled up. If is he a zaddy? Let's know. see. Oh, uh, he looks much younger than I thought he would be. Okay, Steve. Yeah, I'm gonna keep that. I'm gonna keep that crush. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will probably do that too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe it'll be like uh, to all the what's it called to all the boys I love. Oh boys. yeah. Maybe it'll be that type of situation where they all be like, hmm. Let's go ahead and write her right. letter. <laughs> 
they'll write me letters yeah and then they'll come seek me out um That'd yeah great that will have to yeah because the search y'all can't see that Mm-mm. i'll be searching some wild <laughs> shit <laughs> i'll be searching some wild shit y'all uh-uh, that's gonna have, well somebody already yeah. <laughs> whatever let's move on that is so funny i've done that many a times i'll be like what's compatible with a virgo lady right <laughs> like, let me see just to touch all bases <laughs> right oh, jesus lord <sighs> that was great that was great all right on to our no better do better um i got it this week and basically it's just to remind y'all to watch and read everything you never know where inspiration comes from mm-hmm. um whether it's like a graphic novel or maybe a horror even though i'm afraid of horror i still watch some horror from time to time because you never know what right. will bring inspiration and i love to support artists like Jordan Peele or anyone who's outside of the genre that I know but a lot of times there are themes there are storylines that can really inspire Mm -hmm. the work that you do whether if you're a comedian especially with your writing comedy like there's a whole bunch of parodies right and in order to do a parody usually you have to step outside of the genre that you're writing in to make something funny right so like you have to watch a whole bunch of different things like for example I had a a sketch idea about Loki because I was obsessed with the show on marvel did i understand everything no (laughs) but i love that show i love the aesthetic and i was like wow like what if loki had to go on maury to figure out who his daddy is because like you know little silly stuff like that and you know for my class i made it and they were you know it was great so like anywhere you can get inspiration anything you know can be funny or sad or whatever you know what i mean but you have to be able to um be open-minded and see a lot of things and get that inspiration and honestly to educate yourself in the industry you know who's working on what you know what i mean understanding what artists are are working with each other you know when we look up deadline and variety who's doing what you know it's a Mm -hmm. good just educational thing to know what's happening in the industry so yeah right um yeah continue to watch and read everything you never know where your inspiration may come from so and even music all all sorts of things you know yep you Mm -hmm. never know where inspiration can come from Mm -hmm. it literally comes from anywhere yep taking a shower podcast yep literally anything anything looking at a damn flower right at the park yep and you're like oh this would be good for a little short fit like yeah Yeah, problem solving for yourself like Mm -hmm. you never know you never know so just stay open as well Mm -hmm. don't be a stank beach no stay open yes 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 all righty so moving into our news Mm -hmm. which we know garrett loves (laughs) (laughs) shout out to garrett shout out to garrett yeah we get all of our news from shadow and act Mm -hmm. um and the first one is something super i'm super excited about yes miss quinta brunson inks a pact and inks a pact that sounds scary (laughs) with (laughs) a blood pact With Warner Bros. Television to develop new projects in her very first overall deal. Yes, celebration. If y'all know who she is, I don't know where I've been for the last decade or so. Um, But I mean, she has been working on the internet and she's able to, uh, she was on Black Lady Sketch Show. Mm -hmm. Now she is the star and creator and executive producer Mm -hmm. of The Abbott Elementary, which is a smash hit, Mm -hmm. okay, with the quarrels. Yes. And like I said, she signed an overall deal with Warner Bros. Television Group, making the first time that she's inked a blood pact with the major <laughs> studio. <laughs> 
With a total of seven noms, Abbott Elementary's first season is up for many Emmy Awards, including Outstanding Comedy Series and Outstanding Lead Actress. Mm -hmm. As and it should be. As it should be. I don't really know. Mm -hmm. Why not? Um, but Shadow and Act, they said that they learned exclusively that the deal is an exclusive multi-year agreement that makes WBTV Quinta's studio home for new TV productions. Mm. So she'll develop, create, and produce original content for all platforms, including but not limited to cable channels, HBO Max from Warner Bros. Discovery, and external streaming services. Nice. Um, so that's good. That means she gets to pretty much do whatever she wants on yeah. what she wants. Yep. Um, it continues, uh, the agreement continues the relationship between Brunson and WTV that started in 2018 when she starred in the studio's comedy pilot, The End of the World as We Know It, for the CW. It ended up not going to series, but it paved the way for them to work with her on Abbott Elementary. Nice. So Quinta said that she's excited to expand her long-running creative partnership with Warner Bros. Uh, with Abbott as our anchor, I look forward to what we'll create next. Um, and then the chairman, the TV chairman, or group chairman, Channing Dungy, Dungy, said that Quinta is a tour de fall and a powerhouse talent, and we are beyond thrilled to be continuing our partnership with her through this new overall deal. Yeah. What Quinta and her Abbott Elementary team have achieved in the first season is just extraordinary. And he lied. Mm -hmm. He lied. Yep. We cannot wait for season two and to explore many few projects with her in the coming years. And I'm so grateful that Quinta is part of our WT, WBTV family. Yes. And look forward to many more years of successful collaboration. Mm -hmm. So, exciting times, guys. Yes. Ooh, returns on my birthday, September yes. 21st. Yes. Abbott Elementary returns September 21st at 9, 8 central on yeah. ABC, y'all. So... 22 episodes 22 I'm episodes y'all i mean just everything is just well deserved yes. we knew this was coming yes. so shout out to her yeah. she's only gonna keep going up from here yes love it okay so john boyega and the late and great michael k williams face mm. off in a new clip for the up their upcoming film breaking mm. um so it's a tense hostage negotiation scene mm-hmm um, that they face off in in the upcoming yep. film Breaking. It is Michael K. Williams' final film. Mm. Um, as you guys know, he passed away last year in mm -hmm. September. The film will release nationwide August 26th. Mm -hmm. So if you want to see the clip, it is on the YouTube. You mm -hmm. can just type Breaking, I guess, John Boyega, and you can see it. Mm -hmm. It looks, I haven't seen it because it looks very tense and it, it looks is. like it will give me anxiety right now. Yep. But I will watch it eventually <laughs> when eventually. I am ready. <laughs> But in the clip below, Brian Brown Easley, what a name, mm -hmm. played by John Boyega, is being talked to by Detective Eli Bernard, played by Michael, in the hopes that Brian will let one of the hostages go. While the scene itself is tense, it's a great opportunity to see Williams one last time in his element. I mean, truly. Ooh, he could play anything. I, I mean, know. crazy. Stop it. What a king. Oh, my God. Mm. Um, so Shadow Act reviewed the film during its run at Sundance and praised it for Williams' performance. I mean, as mm -hmm. is it as it should always be I mean, praised. The talent. <sighs> I'm gonna say what they what Jamil David said in his uh, review. He said mm -hmm. Williams in his last on screen role shines with mm -hmm. material that isn't fully fleshed out, showing his ability to pull emotion out of anything mm. and imbue his character with the empathy and understanding only he could. Mm. Delivering on much of what the film wants to do, but just couldn't quite get there. Yep. So he took something that wasn't quite there and yep. he took it there. Yep. Yep. <sighs> And that's talent, people. It really is. I that's mean, talent. when an actor can make your stuff come to light and then at the level that, like, Michael K. Williams is working, I mean, brilliance is great. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> For Anyways, real. Yeah. So, 
Yeah, the official description, breaking, it follows Boyega's character, a Marine veteran who has been denied support from Veteran Affairs. Why do they make all these movies like this? Mm-hmm. So coming from a military background, mm-hmm. these kind of movies, ooh, when you're talking, ooh. Like, Cringy. Ooh. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. um, they always just, ugh, whatever, I won't go into that. Uh, so it's he's, fair, though. He's financially desperate and mm-hmm. running out of options. He takes the bank and several of its employees hostage, setting the stage for a tense confrontation with the police. The film is based on a true story. Oh, God. And also stars Nicole. Oh, I love Nicole. Bahari? I never know. I love her. Mm-hmm. Connie Britton, Olivia Washington, and Salinas Leva. Mm-hmm. It's directed by Abby Damaris Corbin and written by Abby Damaris Corbin, period. Mm-hmm. And Kwame Quay Arma. Okay. Ooh, I've heard the name Kwame before. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, it's mm-hmm. going to be sad. Obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, from the trailer itself. I watched the trailer. Oh, it looks sad. Intense, yeah. I think they both, I mean, from the trailer, John Boyega and Michael K. Williams give a a great performance. I was like, oh, my God. But, yeah. you know, yeah. I don't know if I'll see it because, you know, the anxiety, like you said. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God. Ooh, Jesus. <laughs> my nerves. I know. But my I'm spirit. Like, I'm going to be open-minded because, like we said before, you never know where inspiration comes from. So. Right, right, right. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, ooh. And the cinematography looks dark, which always means it's going to be depressing. Mm-hmm. Um, but next is mm-hmm. something fun, kind of. Haley Berry. Hey, well, I got- <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Haley Bailey. Yes. The, the Little Mermaid audition moved the director to tears. Wow. Okay. She was able to harness Ariel's passion for wanting to be where the people are. Okay. And wanting to see. Want to see them dancing mm. and walking around on those, what do you call them? Feet. Feet? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Uh, black people are exceptional. Yeah, Anyways. 100%. So, how. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Hallie Bailey okay. mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just revealed a ton of new details about her upcoming roles in The Little Mermaid and The Color Purple mm-hmm. nearly 15 years after actress Anika Nani 15 wow that don't even that timing feels crazy that wait, timing it, feels crazy literally yeah. my brain is like pulsating wait, right what? now yeah okay so mm-hmm. um, I guess The Princess and Frog came out 15 years ago that's wild breath is stopped yeah um, and i'm like and that was the last black disney princess <laughs> that just came out right like 15 years. oh my gosh okay um so mm-hmm. nearly 15 years after actress anika nani rose was crowned disney's first black princess for uh, y'all princess and frog came out 15 years ago right. i'm i'm, well, I'm and even 15 years ago that was the first black princess right guys Oh, Jesus Christ. Um, Jesus. So the Groner star is set to portray Ariel mm-hmm. in the upcoming Little Mermaid reboot. Mm-hmm. In a new interview with Variety for their Power of Young Hollywood 2023, Bailey opened up about her barrier-breaking role, sharing the importance of donning Ariel's fins, mm-hmm. how she feels to be an inspiration of fans, the physically challenging aspect of the role, and more. So she took on the role of Ariel so little black girls can see themselves as princesses because we are princesses. Yep. She says, I want the little girl and me and the little girls Absolutely. just like me who are watching to know that they're special and mm-hmm. that they should be prince- a princess in every single way. That's right. She told Variety, there's no reason that they shouldn't be. That research was something that I needed. And during the interview, she thought back to her younger self and how inspired she would have been. Uh, how inspired she would have been inspired mm-hmm. if the cartoon version of Ariel had been a person of color. <coughs> She said, what 
that would have done for me, how that would have changed my confidence, my belief in myself, everything. Things Thanks. that seem so small to everyone else is so big to us. Yep. And then director Rob Marshall said Haley Bailey was a natural during her audition. He said after seeing her perform Where is the Love with her sister Chloe at the 2019 Grammys, mm. he asked the singer to audition for The Little Mermaid by <coughs> singing Ariel's signature anthem, Part of Your World. Mm -hmm. And while speaking with Variety, Rob said... Or he recalled being encapsulated Ooh. by Bailey's voice. She she does have a beautiful. I voice. mean, it's truly, like butter. I mean, and he was so moved by her audition that he couldn't hold back his tears. Dang, he said when she finished, I was in tears because she's so soulful. This he nigga said, went to church, right? This is what black churches like. <laughs> He said, you could tell right away that she was able to harness Ar Ariel's, Ariel's passion, her yep. fire, her soul, her joy, and her heart. Mm -hmm. But of course. Yeah. But of course. Mm -hmm. uh, and this article has a ton of other stuff from the, from the, um, from the interview that you guys should check out. Yep. <laughs> and we're just excited. Yep. When the heck does this shit come out? I, I know. Like I've Let's my go. Life. Let's go. I feel like go. I've been waiting my entire life. <laughs> and that's just how she does it. <laughs> but on. yeah i feel like we first reported on this back in 2019 oh yeah yeah because the um, internet was mad that she had the, the nerve of disney to this black girl to be every year <laughs> a made-up character that has no race from the beginning what yeah, she just happened to be white in the cartoons because they made all the cartoons white <laughs> it's a mermaid right they probably it's green a, and right. <laughs> like what and blue like the ocean. They probably green. <laughs> like what? And you go Anyways, off, ladies. Go off. Go off, Jennifer. So the next piece of news mm -hmm. is exciting too to me. Yes, Keenan yes. Hodson. Keenan Hodson. I can't speak. I can't say anyone's <laughs> it's name all today. Good. Keenan Thompson. Yes. Is going to host the 74th Primetime Emmy Awards. Awesome. Congrats. Also yeah. just got his star on yeah, the High Walk I saw of Fame. Congrats to him. Um, was Next to Lauren yeah. Michael. Yes. So mm -hmm. congrats to him. It was mm -hmm. announced Tuesday that he is going to be hosting um, he said being a part of this Well did he say this Yeah he said this Being a part mm -hmm. of this Incredible evening Where we honor The best of TV community Is ridiculously exciting It's mm -hmm. doing on NBC My longtime network fam He didn't say fam He said family Makes it even more <laughs> special um, He's known for his roles I mean All that mm -hmm. Keenan and Kel mm -hmm. Saturday Night Live mm -hmm. Also where's Good Burger mm -hmm. Why is Good Burger Not on the list I mean classic uh, Good Yeah Good Burger a child, is like, a classic, classic. <laughs> like, I Thank God for that movie every day. <laughs> like, it's so yeah. iconic. Yeah. Um, and uh, he's well regarded as one of the funniest, likable, accomplished performers of the last two decades in his tenure in Saturday Night Live Speak for Itself. Period. And that's what the EVP of live events for NBC said about him. And uh, so we're excited. It will be um, on September 12th at 8 p.m. Nice. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on NBC. Mm -hmm. The ceremony will also stream live for the first time on The Peacock. Ooh. Okay. You know I got all the services. I watched that. <laughs> <laughs> so make sure y'all check that out. Yes. Uh, next piece of news. Miss Yvonne. Yes. Okay. Or Jay. Is going to be starring in the Netflix bodybuilding drama series, Skronga. It's called Stronger. But <laughs> I just want to say Skronga. Mm -hmm. <laughs> It'll be her first post-insecure role. That's mm -hmm. not true. That's true. 
Okay, because I know she be working. Yeah, but, I saw okay. her. I mean, I think they mentioned it later, but like she was in the Wonder Years. She was like, right, so. yeah, the, she had a whole bunch of. She had a movie too. Yeah, she, she be was working. With, so I don't. Yeah, Lil Rel. But mm-hmm. I mean, okay, mm-hmm. um, she did have a movie with Lil Rel. Okay, mm-hmm. whatever. That's what they're saying. Mm-hmm. But she's reportedly in development on. Uh, no, Netflix is reportedly in development on the drama series. Okay, and Deadline broke the news of the series development. The product is based at A and E Studios from Sheldon Turner and. Jennifer Klein. They have an overall at the studio. That's mm-hmm. dope. Yeah, Orgy nice. would portray the role of Tony Winslow, a single mother who feels unseen and unimportant. Soon after, Tony becomes obsessed with bodybuilding and undergoes not only a physical transformation, but also an emotional one. Mm. Per deadline, Stronger will tackle themes such as self-empowerment and self-destruction. Orgy will executive produce Stronger, her manager DC Wade of Odenkirk Provisiedo. Oh. Stronger was created and written by Turner, who is best known for writing films such as Great Out of Compton, Up in the Air, and X Men First Class. Okay. The series will be executive produced um, by Turner and Klein through their production company, Vendetta Productions. And uh, yeah, we're excited to see yeah. that. They don't have any dates, but it's in development okay, and sounds dope. I've never seen a bodybuilding anything, but mm-hmm. I do watch the bodybuilding docuseries. Oh, cool. <laughs> They're all so dope. Um, because there's this uh, competition out. called the Strongman Competition. That's how they pronounce it because it's in Europe. <laughs> it's like in Europe. I don't know if it's, it's probably here too, but yeah. Um, this one guy, he pronounces it strongman. So I pronounce it strongman too. And it just chronicles their lives. As oh, that's they get cool. Body mill competition. I and check that out. I, yeah, it's uh, it's on Netflix. I don't know if it's still in there because Netflix people moving shit like crazy. True. But y'all should watch that. It's compelling. Ooh. <laughs> Come on. Oh, yeah. It's called. Uh, hold on. That's no. really cool. It's on Netflix. Let me see. Because mm-hmm. now I need y'all to watch it. Yeah. You know, I'm, you know I love it's reality TV It's called Strongman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and it's on funny. Netflix. Okay. So, yeah. I love that documentary. Yeah. And ever since then, I've been obsessed with bodybuilding stuff. Because nice. I just love watching. They eat so much. Yes, and they're they do. so dedicated to like. It's a strict, like, you have to yeah. be disciplined. And they eat so much to being get there big yep. and just like there's just so much it, it, it is compelling stuff yeah. so definitely watch it mm-hmm. and then so you can get ready for for this one nice. i wonder if she had to like bulk up too i'm sure she Probably had did. to and she's athletic like she like she looks amazing so mm-hmm. i'm sure she probably had to like go through a transformation or continues to mm-hmm. um dang yeah, I'm excited for this. And I'm going to check out that um, docuseries. Yeah, check out Strongman on Netflix to get ready for this. Mm-hmm. And we will, of course, we will report on this more when we get more details. Yes, yes. Okay, but next piece of news is very sad. Yeah. Comedian Teddy Ray has passed away at 32. Mm. The Los Angeles native's cause of death is net has not yet been made public. Mm-hmm. Um, but Teddy Ray is known for his involvement in sketches on Russell Simmons' digital comedy stream, <coughs> All Deaf Digital, mm-hmm. as well as being cast member on MTV's Wild and Out, which has been on forever. Ever. <laughs> forever. Jesus. Um, and he hosts a podcast called The Cali Kickback with Louis Ray. So I'll definitely release a statement via comment on the Shade Rooms post. Uh, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
<laughs> what? <laughs> like that this whole sentence. we're doing things now? But okay. Okay, so they said that Teddy Ray is a great one. His laugh alone would make us all smile and laugh with him. Mm-hmm. To know him was to love him. He would be greatly missed in the all-deaf fam. Mm-hmm. Our deepest condolences and prayers to all friends and family. He recently celebrated his birthday oh, on mm-hmm. July 30th. During which he made his final Instagram post, which is very, very sad. Mm -hmm. There have been an outpouring of people that uh, are sad about Mm -hmm. the passing of this young man. And he was young, very young. Mm -hmm. So it's just always sad to see, you know, the young ones go. Yep. (sighs) Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Rest in peace. For sure. To Mr. Teddy Ray. Mm -hmm. And that is the end of our news. Yep. We'll be right back with the main segment, y'all. back with the main segment yes. and as you know we have this uh running love for ken miyamoto mm-hmm. from screencraft.org we love you We're so doing much heart um yeah 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 heart fingers um yeah much love to you um he's given so much research um in terms of like well research and resources to help screenwriters along the way and um yeah today is no exception he has an article um check it out on screencraft.org but we'll definitely have the link in the um description so you can go straight to it and ken has been in the game for a while child i'm gonna go just go you know let me put some respect on his name he's worked in the film industry for nearly two decades i'm reading this at the bottom um of it um and he's been a studio liaison for sony studios and he's a script reader and story analysis for sony pictures he's worked on like he's been produced screen ha excuse me he has many studio meetings under his belt as a produced screenwriter, mm. you know, meeting with the likes of so many people within the industry, whether it's DreamWorks, Universal, Disney, blah, day, blah, day. He has a lot under his belt. He knows what he's talking about. We trust him. Sure and do. he writes really straightforward, clear, understandable, like blogs and their articles, I should say. And like, they're really helpful. So this week we're talking about five different Five different front end tasks to complete before you start your play, right? Your okay. screenplay. So whether it's a TV pilot, whether it's a, a, a feature film or web series, whatever you're doing, this is super helpful to help you outline before you even start writing the script. Mm-hmm. This spoke to me because I'm very impatient. I just want it done. Mm-hmm. I just want it done at all costs. And that is not the best approach <laughs> when you're trying to make yep. something good. You have to give it the time. You have to give it the development. You have to mm-hmm. give it the patience. You have to be willing to mold, change it, uh, correct it. You have to be willing to get feedback. You mm-hmm. have to be willing to do a whole bunch of stuff. And here are some five things that Ken breaks down to help you get to the space where you can get to the script where you're before you're even writing fade in and out and all that stuff. Right. Cause it really, once you build that foundation, you can, it'll really help you along the way in writing your script. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I have some, ex- a little bit of experience when I'm not being impatient. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and it does work out better. I find it. So what you should know, um, first he lays out sort of like, what are the things you should really think about before you start writing and the anticipation into getting into writing. So get the idea in your head and what you want it to play out. Right. So don't Mm -hmm. just be, Oh, this is a great idea. I'm just going to start writing. No, 
Think about it for a while. See how it would play out. Understand all of the little nooks and crannies before mm-hmm. before you like, I'm just going to write it. Um, know that, you know, you're probably going to have an exciting scene and see the broad strokes of the story and you and you think you're ready to begin. But there's a little bit more work that you have to do and there's nothing wrong with that, right? So one of the first things that he points out, which is great, is research your concept, world, and subject. Mm-hmm. You know, um, in the article it says, you know, research is a critical factor in developing and compelling cinematic story, whether it's studying the world of your fictional character will inhabit or learning everything you can about the real life figure or event you're about to write about, right? So. Right. If you're doing a uh, biopic or whatever, you really, some people even hire researchers for that. You know what I mean? And it's important that you do that depending on how big the figure is. If it's a public domain, sort of, I guess it's public domain. There are some figures who are so big and known that their information is considered like public domain, if that Mm, makes sense. So you have to do a lot of research if you're going to write about their life, right? And you have to understand, like, you know, depending on what piece of IP you're looking at, like, who owns the IP? Do you have access to the IP, Mm -hmm. you know? Do you understand the world to really create it and make it authentic, right? So one example um, I'll use, we just uh, read about her, Quinta Brunson. You know, she's talked a lot in a whole bunch of, um, I guess, panels and writers thing about how she came up with the story. And she talked about growing up and seeing her mother who it, who was a teacher in the the Philadelphia school system right mm-hmm. so understanding like seeing how they worked and then doing her own research and creating right. that world that's why a lot of people have responded right i know i've responded because it felt so authentic even i didn't go to the school system in philly it feels so authentic to how teachers uh live their lives on a daily basis that the comedy is is the cherry on top, right? It's mm-hmm. the thing that like pulls us in, but we know this world. And a lot of us are familiar with school. We've, you know, right. the, we've all gone to school and we we understand those teachers that we used to love or hate or and you know what I mean? We mm-hmm. we know and you have to research it and just not just think like, "Oh, I know." just because it's like no you have to do research you have to talk to teachers get different perspectives as teachers you know what i mean understand their workload you know mm-hmm. understand their obstacles that's how we have even um episodes where they're highlighting the fact that teachers have to make videos to get some of the supplies that they need on the list for the students right if right. you're not if you're not um a teacher you might not even know that a lot of teachers have to do that right so you have to make sure you research and also understand like Ken points out a really good point and a common mistake is that one of the most worst and most common things that happen to novice screenwriters who don't research their concept um, is that they're going in, into an dis- entire script, they write it, and then they discover that Hollywood has already greenlit and produced one of those, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, to be fair, like, there's multiple concepts <laughs> everywhere. Right. And sometimes, like, you just don't know. There's a lot of development behind the scenes that haven't been released. So sometimes you might not even know. But it's important to do that research because you might be pitching something that's already happened and likely, exactly. you know, if a studio has already do, done it or a network has already done it, then they're most likely not want to do that, right? Like mm-hmm. Atlanta is already on FX. So if you pitch something similar, 
like that to FX, you're probably going to be wasting your time because they already have something like that, right? Right. So it's important to do your research ahead of time. So you're not putting in that time and labor to create this whole story and they already have something like that and you're like wasting your time when you can hone your skills in another idea that might go a bit further. Mm-hmm. So yeah, research yeah. is key, making the world authentic and then also understanding where you can pitch it and put it and make it and all that stuff. Yeah, definitely. I always spend a couple months before I start writing, just learning, doing, getting everything together. Mm -hmm. Because, yeah, you just, you got to know what's going on before you start writing. A hundred percent. And that's smart. And that's, that's how we have to take it and not be like me just being patient. Like, oh, I have an idea. Just work on it right away. Like, no, you have to sit tight research understand it Mm -hmm. and then see if it's worth putting your time and effort in and if it's a world you want to be in a lot of times in researching you you get into the world and you're like i'm not interested in this you know what i mean (laughs) and that's okay like that's what that research period is for it's for learning self-discovery and understanding about the world all right the next thing that ken points out is to find the perfect title so He says, now it's time to give your project some identity. A new screenplay is like your baby. You need to nurture it, feed it, and let it grow. And that process starts by naming it. Some will say that the screenplay title doesn't matter because it's likely going to be changed down the line anyway. There is some truth to that, but if your script gets into the industry hands, the title could go through a number of variations based on the marketing and creative input from many individuals. However, the title is a weapon in your literary and cinematic arsenal that you use to draw attention to your work. So it's important that, you know, you do have a good catchy title, one that like really points to what your project will be. And depending on what genre it is, people know kind of what they can expect, but have fun and be creative with it, you know? Sometimes it's just straightforward, like Atlanta. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's niggas in Atlanta. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just that, you know? Or it can be, you know, uh, pointing to something and dedicating it, again, to Quinta Brunson. Abbott Elementary is named, Abbott is the her favorite teacher who, like, really inspired her, so she named it Abbott Elementary, you know? But we know it's about a school. We know we're going to be mm-hmm. in that world. It's just straightforward. So, yeah, think of fun, cool titles. Some of, you know, Black Lady Sketch Show. I mean, what... <laughs> Like, what else? It's going to be a whole bunch of black ladies making sketches for you hoes. Like, that's hilarious. Like, simple, simple, straight to the point. You know, you don't have to get, you know, too, too crazy, but you have to be able to at least identify what your show is. Uh, It helps to know the genre and it helps to really, um, you know, put your screenplay or script on the path that you want it to be. It's it's defining what you are about to do. So it's helpful. All right. So the next thing that Ken points out, create the perfect log line. And I know he was really probably, even though he doesn't know me, I feel like he was like, this one's for Judith. Um, They're not easy. (laughs) They are are not easy. And child, why have I seen log lines that are paragraphs? And I'm like, why y'all see, I was told one to two sentences, like two, maybe, (laughs) but like y'all will be submitting dissertations and call it a log line. I'm like, wait a minute. I ain't trying to read all that. I'm not trying to read read all that. And then somebody had the nerve to green light. I'm like, wait a minute now. (laughs) Wait a minute. Wait a minute. But you know what? We're going to, we're going (sighs) to, 
we're going to listen to what Ken says. All right? right. So he says, wait, don't do this after. Don't you do this after you write the script when you start to make it? And he said, absolutely not. Strongly suggest developing and writing a log line before you type fade in to start writing your play. And here's why. When writing a play, you want the work you want to work out from the core concept and story to additional plot points, character arts, twists, turns, reveals, sub, uh, supporting characters, etc. You never want to work from the outside to the end, right? So mm -hmm. the log line is the core concept of your script. If you don't have the core idea laid out in a simple log line form to begin with, you're going to get lost during the writing process. Ooh, I'm, well, I'm just going to read that again. If you okay. don't have the core idea laid out in a simple log line form to begin with, you're going to get lost during the writing process. So basically a log line captures the spirit of your story. So he gave an example of an example of a log line, right? When a killer shark unleashes chaos on a beach community, a local sheriff, a marine biologist, and an old seafarer must hunt the beast down before it kills it again. Right? Poor shark. Right. So we kind of already know, like, he lays it out. This is the soul of the movie Jaws, right? And um, when you're, you know, when you know your log line, you know where to start, you know where it's set, what the central conflict is and who or what the threat is, right? So you know all of that from the sentence. You don't need all the details, but you, you know what's about to happen in your movie, mm -hmm. in your pilot, in your show. You know what's about to happen. And it's important to that you synthesize that not only for other people, so when an executive or a producer, whoever is reading it, knows what you're doing, but also for you. You know, a lot mm -hmm. of times, I know for me, I will, like, even if I do an outline child, I will say, ooh, this might be fun to put in there. I'm going to put it in there. And it's like, that has nothing to do with the, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, that has nothing to do with the story, the conflict, who and what, why are you doing this? <laughs> it's like, just because it's a funny idea. No. no. And the log line is to help you stay focused so you can um, continue to write your story in a focused way and structure it in a way that people can follow along with you. And it makes it easier to write, honestly. Right. So, yeah. Check that out. Great advice. Thank you, Ken. All right. So, next, story and character development. Ooh, my favorite. Ooh, this is my favorite yes. thing ever. Yes, yes, yes. So, Ken says, you don't want to do too much development and break down your story and character arcs from a to Z and everything in between. But you also don't want to just go and wing it as you write. So story and character development are essential front end work. All professionals do it. So why is it important to implement? Here's why. So different like script writers do more or less, but these are some three things that you should like be familiar with to help you organize your story, right? You have outlines, you have beat sheets, and you have a synopsis. And once you're like, I mean, in a professional sense, like you hand in these different things mm -hmm. to executives so that they can follow rip the story. Yep. Rip it to shreds. But also there's no surprises, right? Like everyone knows where the story is going, how you want to shape it, what kind of characters you want, what uh, uh, points you want your main characters to hit, where you want them to be, how they're going to uh, uh, like 
solve the conflict or not solve it if it's a you know if it's a good drama um but yeah that's where you sort of put everything together also ken says an outline beat sheet and synopsis allows the writer to construct a general list of sequential scenes and moments in the order that that will be written within the screenplay they essentially act as early development blueprints of for how you plan to assemble the scenes within your screenplay so this is basically a map it's a road map of what your story will come to be um yeah and these are great tools to keep you on track um he also has an example of an outline and or beat sheet um, with certain scenes and the great thing about this is like when you look at these tools you can see okay maybe something's redundant here maybe i repeat too much of a theme here. Maybe I don't need this character, right? What is this character adding? Does this character have his own voice? Mm -hmm. Are they adding to the storyline? Is my character have enough conflict or is it too easy, right? Is is if listen, if you if your character has solved the problem in the first pilot, it should not be a TV show. <laughs> it needs to, there needs to be ongoing drive. Um so this front end will help you as you write your pilot, your, I mean, honestly, any sort of written thing, your, a novel, a web series, all the things that helps you to really lay out a path for you to understand where to go and what to do. And it helps, you know, under, helps you to see where you're taking your audience along for the ride. Mm -hmm. So yeah, do that. Very important things. Do that, um, do that, do I hate that. beat sheets, kind of hate outlines. Yeah, me too. But I can do me a little synopsis. So mm -hmm. I used to do the whole beat sheet and outline in the beginning. Now I just do a synopsis mm -hmm. so I know where the story's going. And then yep. um, that's how I start to write. Yeah. And then also, I don't know if he's going to talk about this mm. character. Okay, he hasn't gone it too mm -mm, much. But character development. Yep. Super important, y'all. Super. So you don't have to know everything about each character before mm -hmm. you get into it, but it would be helpful if you write up a little biography yep. of each character before you start. You're not going to be married to it. It's going to mm -hmm. change as you write. Yep. You're going to be like, mm, actually, I want her to be this age. Or I want this to happen. It's happened to me a billion times. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just know stuff because it yep. helps you make your decisions about what these characters, the decisions that these characters are going to make. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I'd like to do like a little, it's, um, I don't know what it's called. It's character like basically like the, it's not even an outline. I have like these lists of questions like, mm. what's their name? How old are they? Where they're from? Mm. What's the big secret that they have? What's mm -hmm. their favorite color? What are some hobbies that they have? Yep. And just this little like, it's like a questionnaire for each Absolutely. character that I like to fill out because it helps me figure out kind of who they are and mm -hmm. what it is that they're going to bring to the story. So no, that's great. And that's, that's a great exercise. If you guys want to implement it, like learning, watch your favorite TV show and do this, like break down the character. Like I would love to do that from Ava from Abbott elementary. Who's the um, principal. Like yeah. you see, and you see how like they have strong voices. So when you give them the background, you do the research on your character, you know who they are. It's easy to write their voice. It's easy for them to mm -hmm. stand out. And especially in comedy, you know how, you know how to like set the punchline up, you know, set right. it up and do the punchline and like all that stuff. And of course, in any storyline, any story, whether it's drama or comedy, whatever, dramedy, you have to have strong character voices so people mm -hmm. can differentiate and go with your story. So yeah, that's a great right. exercise. I didn't do that today. Period. Today. So yes, the last thing that Ken tells us, visualize everything before you type a single Ooh, word. Love this. See it, see it. So he writes, before writing the script, take at least a month to do a 
first and visualization work, child. See, Ken and I are the same. Okay, it's months, months of work. Writing isn't always typing. Visualize the movie, daydream, watch movies and TV shows with a similar tone, genre, and atmosphere. Feed your brain, grow the seed of the concept. Visualization is critical is a critical part of the process. How can you possibly communicate and describe the visual through prose without first seeing it in your creative mind's eye first? Mm-hmm. So you gotta see it to achieve it, baby. You know, so you have true. to see it. And, you know, this exercise is great because you can see it in many different ways. You know, sometimes like you have one vision and then you think, oh, maybe I can do it this way or maybe I can do it that way. Right. You start to like see it differently or it becomes stronger and solidified in your mind, giving you mm-hmm. more like confidence to be like, OK, I have a strong vision. I know what I want to write down. Let's get into it. You know. So it could be anywhere. Like it could be that long commute, you know, to your job where you're daydreaming, thinking about things. Yep. It could be when you're working out, going for a walk, anytime, anytime you, you think about what you, you see, what you want visually on the screenplay, visually on the television, visually, because we are working in a visual medium. So mm-hmm. you have to really um, see your vision and also see if they're compelling visually, right? There are some shows with some different tones. And, you know, to be fair, you have to catch people's audience, right? So is your opening scene going, going to like grab the audience so that they watch your show, whether it's a comedy or whether it's a, you know, a drama or action or whatever it may be, you have to be able to grab them. So in order to do that, you need to visualize, you know? Yep. This is what I spend months doing before mm-hmm. I even start anything mm-hmm. literally, but I do my visualization to music. So I find oh, that's a great songs way that I would want mm-hmm. to be in it. And then as I'm listening to the song, I'm envisioning whatever scene that this is dope. would be going along to the song. Mm-hmm. And I literally, I spend months doing this before yeah. I start literally any project. Yeah. And then he says, and you at the very least see the broad strokes of your movie in movie trailer form. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's a good one yep. there, Ken. Yep. That'll do it for you. That'll do it for you. Because this is also like a spirit, if you're into that stuff, this is also yeah. a spiritual thing too. Yeah. Like visualization is real mm-hmm. and this will help you get there. For real. And yeah. if those of y'all who have like really vivid dreams, write them dreams down. It's another mm-hmm. form of visualization, but still put in the work, you know, you still have to put in that uh, legwork to research, to put in the, de- like the character development we we're talking about and visualize what you're going to see. Cause it's all important. It really is great foundation to help set up as you write. Because when you get into the writing, it's a lot of work. (laughs) It's a lot of work. And if you can put in the legwork earlier on, right? Like if you can see in your outline, okay, something's not working. Let me just switch it around now. It's much easier than you're switching around whole scenes and you're Mm -hmm. chopping out or breaking down, which eventually you'll do. But if you have a good outline, it really takes a lot of that like legwork out of it. And you could just focus on getting the words on the page because you've already done the work to visualize. You've already done the work to know your character. You already Mm -hmm. done the work to be like, okay, I see where it's going. Like, That is what really helps. And a lot of times, you know, when we don't do this, I know for me, when I don't do this and I just go straight to writing, that's when I give up like midway in because I don't have a clear vision of -hmm. what I really want to do. I don't have the clear structure in place. I didn't, I didn't put in that work for, for the foundation to help me finish the writing. So Mm -hmm. these are amazing tools to help you get that foundation before you go and write because the, the better the foundation, the better 
the story structure you will build. And I mean, it's just good practice in general. Um, when you get into the industry and I believe we all will, we're going to be all up in them writers rooms. We're going to be selling and doing development deals. These are the things that are expected. You know what I mean? They want to see synopsises. They want to see beat sheets. They want to see that you have clear structure and you're visualizing and you're meeting deadlines and that you have compelling characters. You know what I mean? To sell your stuff. Cause we try and get this money. Mm-hmm. Yep. And make, make these amazing shows, you know? So. Mm-hmm. And movies. Yep. Amen. Not just shows and movies too for y'all feature friends. That's right. Um, but yeah. All the storytelling. Oh, this, is, this is great advice. Ken, mm-hmm. as you yep. shit. Yep. I don't got nothing else to say. Yes. I don't got nothing. Keep doing it, Ken. We love you, child. <laughs> we do love you. Oh, we and also, guys, check out Screencraft. Such a wealth of info yes. on there. Yes, like I said, we're gonna have the article in the um, description. Mm-hmm. But they have they have all the stuff. They have. Yep. You can get coverage. They have eBooks and eCourses. Mm-hmm. They even have contest writing software. Yep. They have contests. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just there's things. Yep. There's some things that you can get off of ScreenCraft. So make sure you're checking them out. Yes. All right. And then we'll go straight into our niggas you should know. Yes. So I have Mr. John Boyega. Mm-hmm. I love me some John Boyega child. Yes. yes. Love me some John Boyega. Yes. Um, he's a phenomenal actor. Yeah. Has a yeah. phenomenal career already. Absolutely. And literally only going to keep getting bigger. Period. But um, y'all probably know him because he first came to International Breakthrough mm-hmm. as he's also British. Yes, he's mm-hmm. British. Mm-hmm. He's British. Um, <laughs> but he came, got his international breakthrough when he was playing Finn in the Star Wars mm-hmm. sequel trilogy because I don't understand the whole yeah. shit about Star Wars. So I this was the, the the sequel trilogy, whatever. Yep. Y'all ones, were big mad too. Yeah. The ones that came out in 2015. Because yeah. um, yeah. I don't, I, you know, I don't know. They, they yeah. It's all backwards. It's a long franchise. Um, so he was in The Force Awakens, Last Jedi, and mm-hmm. The Rise of Skywalker. The only one I saw was The Force Awakens, so don't come for me. <laughs> um, but he was phenomenal in that one. Mm-hmm. And he also was in Detroit, which was crazy. Mm-hmm. He was in Pacific Rim Uprising. He was in four episodes of the 24 Live Another Day. Mm-hmm. He received the BAFTA Rising Star Wars in 2016 and mm-hmm. the Trophy Chopard at the 2016 Cannes or Cannes Film mm-hmm. Festival. He was cited as one of the top 100 most influential Africans by the New African Magazine 2020. Yay! Well, I mean, yep. Yay! He portrayed <laughs> Leroy Logan in the third episode of Steve McQueen's anthology series Small Acts, mm-hmm. which he won a Golden Globe Award for that mm-hmm. and a Critics' Choice TV Award for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and he will be in the movie that we just talked about with called Breaking with. Mm-hmm. Um, the late and great Michael K. Williams, yes. and he is going to be in Gina Prince Bythewood's historical epic, The Woman King, alongside Viola Davis, Fuso oh, yes. Mabedu, and LaShawn Lynch. Mm-hmm. And in Netflix science fiction comedy, they clowned, cloned, not mm-hmm. clowned, Tyrone. <laughs> they be clowning Tyrone too. Okay. It's a very clownable name. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in May 2021, it was announced that he would reteam with Joe Cornish in a sequel for Attack the Block. Okay. Which I think we talked about that. But, anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also very, you know, vocal about Black very Lives that, Matter, and that. we stand that. Mm-hmm. You, you would think someone who's in the Star Wars Disney metaverse would, you know, not be so vocal about stuff because, mm-hmm. you know, 
these niggas don't be vocal if they're getting that, you know, big money. But yep. he said, fuck that. I'm going to say what I got to say. Yep. And he always says it. And we yep. love him for that. Yep. Um, and there was some like backlash because mm-hmm. he's he was black in the in the I don't know why this idea of black people in sci fi is just. But wasn't that a made up I, character? He, his character was new. It wasn't a part of any of the. Other. And there we have it. It was, <laughs> new, it was like, a created character. Yeah. So and the created character can't be black. Also, I, I hate start there. It's not real, right? So like it's in a know, galaxy far, far away. It's like all the characters are made up. Chad. So black people don't exist in galaxies far, far away, bitch. Come fight me. Stupid. But yes, I stay ready. Mm-hmm. Um, what? And he openly criticized Disney. I love this. Yep. For he said, "Fuck y'all," um, for sidelining his character Finn in the. So I love people who are yeah. vocal. Like they don't just because somebody's paying you, they're like gonna let them do whatever the fuck. No. I love people who are vocal mm-hmm. and they say "fuck the man" because I'm big fuck the man bitch, mm-hmm. and they say what needs to be said. So he criticized them um, for sidelining his character Finn mm-hmm. in the Star Wars whatever trilogy. Mm-hmm. He said, "What I would say to Disney." is do not bring out a black character, market them to be much more important in the franchise than they are, and then have them pushed to the side. Well, it's not good, and I'll say it straight up. Period. And he put the hands, he didn't put the hands <laughs> He ain't put his set up, I just put my set up. And he punched Michael Agner in the motherfucking face. No, he ain't, he ain't do that. He ain't do that. He ain't do that. <laughs> don't, don't. Um, but yes. Yeah, yeah. he sticks it to the man. Mm-hmm. From what I see, he's not afraid to say what he has to say and stand up for what he believes in, mm-hmm. no matter what's involved, who's involved. And I absolutely adore that about him. And I respect the hell out of him for that. Yep. Okay. So, yeah, that is Mr. John Boyega. Yes. And he'd be looking so fine. Very bad. His traditional. Very bad. Um, is he Nigerian? Mm-hmm. Yeah, when he wears his traditional Nigerian, you know, mm-hmm. fits. Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very fine. Very fine. (laughs) Very talented. All right. Uh, My nigga, you should know, of course, is the late, great Michael K. Williams. Um, He left this earth way, way, way too early. Mm -hmm. Um, He he was no. He rose to fame um, in 2002 in his critically acclaimed role as Omar Little on the HBO drama series The Wire. Um, he's a Brooklyn native. Um, his father's from South Carolina and his mother is Bahamian. Um, yeah. And he enrolled in the national black theater. Um, you know, he pursued dance. Like I remember when he pat, like they showed all these pictures of him dancing. It was great. Um, he's worked with, uh, Kim Sims, George Michael and Madonna for his work in choreographing. And he found and choreographing music. But yeah. Yeah. Ten years old. Yes. This man was a treasure. Yes. Um, his distinctive voice, prominent face, scar, and charisma helped him attain acting work, initially alongside Tupac Shakur in the 1996 film Bullet before being cast in The Wire in 2002. Yeah. So he's been doing this for a long time. Okay. So let me rewind. Let me rewind. Okay. The role was uh, widely acclaimed, leading to praise from President Barack Obama and the the NAACP Image Award for Outstanding Actor in a Drama Series in 2007. So he's been working, okay? Um, I I love this series when it came out because I love a period piece. But William also played Albert Chalky White in the HBO series uh, Boardwalk Empire. Mm. Um, he earned five Primetime Emmy Award nominations for his performance in the biopic Bessie, which was alongside Queen Latifah. If you ever get the chance, watch it. It was so good. 
He was in the Netflix drama series When They See Us. I mean, that shit. I didn't even watch it. I just saw the trailer. It hit, and I was like, I already know I can't handle not man one of this. Um, The HBO series Night Of, which was critically acclaimed. And, of course, we were talking about this all throughout 2020, Lovecraft Country. He killed in that. He killed. Um, you know, he had a, a recurring role in Community on NBC. You know, he was on um, Gone Baby, uh, yeah, Gone Baby Gone, The Road, Twelve Years a Slave, Inherent Vice, Motherless. But like, he's he's been in all the things. His his acting, I mean, incredible. Like again, Lovecraft Country chills. <laughs> like alongside Courtney B. Like some of the greats, Jonathan. Oh. I mean. It's cr- Jonathan Major, like it's crazy. Like he, he's his his talent cannot be put in a box. It's it's just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, um, you know he acknowledged his struggle with fame throughout his life, admitting that he suffered from drug addictions during the height of his success. You know, he continued to live in Brooklyn until his premature premature death in twenty twenty one. So yeah, he passed away at fifty four. Um, <sighs> Yeah, it was just so, 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 so sad. Um, yeah, they noted his death, um, you know, through, you know, after purchasing and using heroin lace with lethal amount of fentanyl. So he had his um, struggles, but his talent, his career will forever be etched in like mm-hmm. history, you know, of what he's done. So, yeah, always remember Michael K. Williams. We're going to see his work with the work that he's doing with John Boyega. I cannot wait. Um and yeah, well deserved. A nigga you should always know, mm-hmm. Michael K. Williams. Yeah, and we've highlighted him before many oh, yeah. times, but oh, yeah. I don't give a fuck. We'll continue to highlight him. Yeah, um, because even posthumous, he's still working. Uh, I was like, not you. We did not deserve. Right. <laughs> we did not deserve. He's still working. Not you and, and John Boy. Like, okay, okay. Right. Okay. <sighs> what a man. Yeah. What a Amazing. man. We will miss him. But yeah. We still have plenty of material to remember him by. Absolutely. And yeah, guys, that is episode 119. Hey. Make sure you hit us up on the socials, mm-hmm. Tinsel Town Tea, all the things. Yes. Continue listening. We appreciate the support. Yes. And, you know, keep writing and keep doing what a motherfucker do. Yes. And that's on Period yes. Podcast Network. Okay. okay. Bye. Bye. And that's on period. Network.